Person, a selfless person, a selfless woman, giving person, kind person. Also, like my mother, Shalom, her sister, raised here in New York, raised in America, born in America, yet spoke fluent Yiddish. Began, that began, had a part of partial career. As a real estate broker in Borough Park, when Borough Park started becoming Borough Park, started the Chassidish Ayurim, Chassidish Rebbe started to move into Borough Park, and um, she would show them a lot of the houses. And the very, very comical experiences that she had gone through with their Yiddish, their expressions, their nuances, of course remaining to the utmost form of Tznius and their Cheretz, Tznius and of course avoiding any chashom shaylas of yichud hopefully the, uh, the tea will be cooler by the end of this year and um, I'll have a little more of a voice <coughs> very kind giving a loving person Um, as I said, that we were raised together, our family and their family living in the same house all our lives, all our childhood. And basically, in almost in essence, having two mothers. But it was a very pleasant way of doing it, a very pleasant experience. all very attached to one another, all very caring for one another, always looking out for one another. Needless to say, of course, I owe a a debt of gratitude to her, all that she had done and taught us. May she be Malitsi for the whole family. Actually, last week, Baruch Hashem, another Enochel was born into her family, another Enochel, al Kapanim. This is more than an Enochel. This is her daughter's great-grandchild. Her daughter's grandchild had a grandchild. Her daughter's grandchild had a child, excuse me. And Baruch Hashem, we see Deide Yisharim Yiveirach, 
one generation after the other, Baruch Hashem, Chsidim, Chsidishidim, that go in the way of Tera, Mitzvahs, This only comes from Tvilis of a Yiddish Mama. She davens, she says a tilm of the children, tilm of the Enoklach. Or as she davens for his children by lechzen, candle lighting. Very, very powerful time when women have a tremendous connection and power to the Ebishter, power of tefillah, a time where they can daven, and women daven basically, selflessly, for their children, grandchildren, to follow and continue in their ways. Baruch Hashem, she was zeichet to such. Deide, deide, deides, v'yomosh v'picham, pizarachel, pizera zarachel, and Teda is supportive as she was to her husband. He gave her a tremendous time Chachem. The great support she showed him. Hence, of course, the results being ever so positive. Teda tells us in this week's Parsha, of course, many different lessons, because Teda is Lashon Heirah, And we cannot spoon um, a peanut butter, chunky peanut butter. teaches us life lessons, how to live, how to continue. And as we said last week, Teda does not start from the first mitzvah of Rishchidish, but rather Teda starts with Bereshis Bara. It goes on to the history of the world. And therefore, a hira to us in Avedis Adam, Avedis Adam the Bede, how a person has to serve the Ebishtha. More so, even more so, the Taylor tells us. <coughs> Sorry. Life lessons of how people in the past behaved, <laughs> and of course, teaching us a lesson how we too need to behave. We also said it mentioned this is the month of Cheshvan. As we embark in the month of Cheshvan, which we have spoken about in the past. Lashon of Mar Cheshvan. Thank you. Different reasons for being called Mar Cheshvan. One of which there are no Yom Tevim in the month. Although 
was meant to be dedicated in Cheshvin. Dedication was pushed off over a year and ultimately made in Tishrei. The month prior, and all the Yom Tevim ended up in the month of Tishrei, leaving the Cheshvin barren of, of Yom Tevim. Chedish bull, also discussed in the past, makes reference to the change of seasons. As everything withers now, the changes of colors some are very very fond of the change of colors the trees and this is the month which we embark this Shabbos also is as we mentioned many times Shabbos that we bless Bahab the fast of Sheni Chemishi Vesheni the coming Monday, Thursday and the following Monday and the Mishaberach wishes, benches, blesses all those that fast health and success, happiness and life, longevity. Of course, there's no sin in not fasting. It's not an obligation to fast. It's not an obligatory fast. Only certain people that undertook even those that undertake it ultimately when they can no longer do so or some people do it for a reason with somebody's merit, somebody's schus and when the person's schus comes through the person gets a refuah, refuah, yeshua they no longer need to fast and they're matinether um, the fast. This is, of course, in Chazin and in Ir. Takes place after Sukkot and Pesach. We don't fast anymore in Tishrei. Then some Gedalian and Yom Kippur. Therefore, it did not start this week as it was still, Monday was still Tishrei. But the good news is, of course, for those that are fasting Bahab, that the clock is being changed, it's moving back, Matzah Shabbos, an hour, so the day finishes one hour earlier, 
So the fast would end about 5.30 or earlier. Let us turn our focus onto the Pasha. Noyach is Sadik Tamhoyebed Ereisov. Noyach was an Ish Sadik. Tomim, he was a complete, he was a person with all his attributes devoted and dedicated to godliness. in his generation. Short description of a man named Neach with a short name, only two letters. What is the Teda implying when it writes in his generation? Rashi writes two explanations. Yes, There are those, some interpret this as a despairing statement. Why? If he should they they hire tzaddik in his generation, where people were so so wicked, he was a tzaddik. However, had he been in, in Avram's generation, he wouldn't have been encountered. He wouldn't even looked at him. Mind you, um, in Avram's generation, to begin with, we don't know anybody else except for Avram as a tzaddik. Those that have run brought aboard, or the Ezra, etc., had, Na- had Neach been a disciple of Aaron, we don't know what he would become. Some interpret to it as a praise. And how much more so if he would have lived in a generation of righteous people, he would have been even holier. If he would have been in the generation of Avram, he would have learned under the tutelage of Avram how much greater he would have been. So the question is what is Rashi implying to tell us that Teda Chas Visholim? is putting someone down. Lignai, despairing me. We know, those keeping score at home, the Gemara Baba Basra, Kufchov Gimel Amar Aleph, 123 side 1, and of course, the beginning, the beginning of Imsech, the Psach and Gimel and Aleph, <coughs> the Gemara says that even when it comes to animals, even the Pasuk does not even talk about an impure animal. The Gemara tells us that it says, 
Now in the Teda, every letter is accounted for. Rabbi Akiva Yadarshan, Rabbi Akiva would expound on every single crown of a letter in the Teda, never mind the letter itself. And according to his opinions, he had 70 explanations for every crown. So if the crown of the letter is so, so holy and special, that it has so many explanations to it, how much more so is a letter in the Teda? How much more so a whole word? And the Teda, instead of saying a behema, a tamea, the impure animal, Teda says, a behema asher tehida. The behemoth which is not clean. So many letters are added in order not to talk in a derogatory fashion. Not to talk despairingly. So how then could the Teda be possibly telling us implying, insinuating the flaws of Neyach We perhaps can say the reasons behind this. This generalization that the Tata does not talk in a improper fashion is in reference to the stories of the Teda. Not Hashem stories, but things that sound almost like stories. Things that the Teda is teaching. But when it comes to Dvar Halacha, the actual law, the Teda uses the most clear and direct expression. Even if it doesn't sound so pretty, it doesn't flower it. It doesn't put decorations around it. It doesn't soften it with marshmallows. Because psakalocha needs to be said in a very clear way. A person should not be able to deviate and twist and turn the words of the Psakalocha, but rather it should be set in a clear-cut way so that the person understands this was the Halacha and not anything else. And so, too, in our case, when the Teda adds the word B'deiroi Sov, and we're saying that it's perhaps a derogatory term, What is the Teda trying to tell us? It's trying to avoid any mistakes here. Any misgivings when it comes to his actual behavior. We find many things in Neach's behavior that show us that he was not the ultimate tzaddik. 
And therefore, <coughs> if the Torah would suffice itself by telling us the righteousness, righteousness of, tzad, of the Tzadik, of Neach, we would perhaps think the things that he was imperfect about were the right way to do it. Therefore, the Tera gives us this exclusion. This pointer to tell us how Neach really was. And we don't have to learn from everything that he did and all the behaviors that he had. The ark that Nayach built, the Hebrew word for ark is teva. Balshemtiv explains, Chassidus explains, this safety that Nayach provided, the safety from the flood, provided through the teva, teaches us in order to save ourselves from raging floods, Maim Rabim, which refers to the worry about Parnassah, the preoccupation with materialism, in order to save us from all this, we must enter the Teva. Boy el teva Immerse yourself and cleave to the words of Tvila. Cleave to the words of prayer and Torah. Then the person will turn around and tell you, you know what? That's a great idea. You know, for who? For the tzaddik. For that righteous person. A tzaddik like Neach. But who says that us simpletons, the people that are deficient, imperfect spiritually, they can too save themselves from the raging waters of worry. By entering into Tehran Tvila. Therefore, again, we make reference to the Tehran's, the Tehran's of his generation. Only in his generation was he a righteous person. In any other generation, he might not have been Avram of his generation, he might not have been counted as such. But yet, his message, yet his mission, 
in order to be saved from the floods, was Bayal Ateva. And Eliyutzer, you don't get that from Avram, from, ya- from Neach himself. The Teda also tells us, not just Bayal Ateva yourself, but Ishtacho, Shnevanecho Itach. Your wife, your sons, three sons. Everybody went in. And about them, the Torah doesn't even hint. Perhaps they were tzaddikim of their generation. Geshem says the Teda chapter 7 verse 12 paid exayim prosecute base Vayageshem alorat sabayim yayim vaboyim leila it rained 40 days and 40 nights and Rashi again explains what is this number all about in the beginning, the rainfall was only berachmim. Compassionately. Simple. Pleasant almost. Unthreatening, shall we say. And then, It was relying on the people to see that actually what Neach has been talking about for all these years is happening. It was starting to rain. Maybe they would turn around and say, I want to do tshuva. I want to repent. At that point, the rain that fell until that point Rain of blessing. However, if they did not repent, it turns into a marble. From these words of the Chazal, it lets us hear only the beginning was Gishmi Bracha. Thereafter, the Mabal 40 days, it says, Vahia Mabal Aboyim Shana, Aboyim Yeim Alaret. However, we have to understand why does the actual Pasuk, the scripture, write, Vahia Geshem Aboyim Yeim. 
it tells us that the Geshem was that rain, that pleasant rain that started to fall in the beginning, which is all Geshem Bracha. How can you tell me there was Gishmi Bracha 40 days? Chazal tell us. Our sages say in Bereshit Rabbah, what was the 40 days? What is represented in these 40 days? It's connected Yitzidus Havlad Shekilkula Triach Liyetzim Etzur. goes in accordance to the 40 days of Yitzidus Havlad, the forming of a child. And therefore, within the first 40 days, it is permissible to pray for the child to be either a male or a female, for the gender of the child. After 40 days, it is called Tfilas Shov, a worthless prayer. From here we understand the reason for the 40 days is not because every day was another punishment and more water came down. It was all one concept. It was all one package deal like the Yitzhidah Savlad. <coughs> now we understand what was 40 days all about. The first day was already 40 days worth of rain. Because they were all one punishment. So there was a deluge from the beginning. Therefore, even though that it went for 40 days, the rain that fell was not Gishmi Bracha. It's not referring to the water falling on the ground but rather the amount of water that came down even when it was still Gishmi Bracha it came down 40 days worth of rain in one shot transpires here. As to how the Almighty goes about destroying the world with His reign. The 40 days represent the 40 saw, the measurement needed for the kosher mikveh. And therefore, the world being immersed in this 40 saw was thereby elevated and purified. But Nechilas Briyas Shalelam, the Kalusi Shalakarish Baruchu Ela Elam Ramayim, Omar Dera Mabel Omar Adbe. Amar Kadosh Baruch Hu Yifnei Elavi Amdu Vi Avayu Esam. 
שישבו בהם מקדם. אז זה כסיב, ויהי הגשם על ארץ הבאים ימים והבאים לילה. In the beginning, the Almighty wanted to create the world, and those are beautiful, the waters, etc. And these people, the generation, came and sinned within this creation. We understand the, the situation in the world. Being Mutzaf Ba'amayim was a tremendous, tremendous plus. They were very, very great in that way. <coughs> As they were in the beginning of the creation. This was Kalusa Shalagosh Baruch Then they should come up from the waters. However, the Mabal itself, as the Tata tells us, came about in chapter 7, Verse 20, verse 12, to destroy anything that has life. So then how does this go inside? What we said in the previous Medrash, this is a very, very big plus. A simple parable a father and a child out of love of the father to the child it's not only when he shows him the love and shows him the goodness and kindness his heart overflowing with love for his child even when the child needs to be disciplined, then too the father shows the true love that's within him. And the same is with the Mabel. The punishment in the heart of the father is only pure love. At the moment, it looks like a bitter punishment. And this was a punishment for the generation of the Mabel. This is what the message lets us hear. That the Mabel, according to the way it was at the time, was a dogma, a comparison. Because it was not the Kalusa Shalamayim. Neach needed to take in the Teva, wife, his children, their wives, and the animals. What was the animals? Behavioral situation. And what was so important about the animals? The animals can't do mitzvahs. We know the famous story with Daniel and Sadiq, Anavi, 
But Daniel was thrown into the pit with lions overnight to the hungry lions when they woke in the morning they came to check on Daniel's remains and found indeed he was intact and the lions sitting passively. And when the naysayers tried to campaign saying that no, the lions probably weren't hungry. That's why they didn't eat him. They were thrown into the pit. And the lions indeed showed their true hunger. But they wanted to say this is not a miracle. And the Alter Rebbe explains that indeed this is not a miracle. Animals cannot tolerate a high level of spirituality from a person. When a person is very, very, very holy, full of spirituality, animals shy away, they fear from the person. And therefore, the animals do not go near him. Another famous story of an ox that we've told already many times as well. that a Jew sold on a Friday to a guy. The Shabbos morning, the guy Yid was sitting down to have it through the Shabbos. And the guy came running frantically. What have you done to me? You're ruining me. And the Yid said, what happened? What's wrong? It's your ox. It's strong, it's healthy, it's robust, but it doesn't work. What does it mean it won't work? It's sitting in the stable, won't let me near him. So the Yid leaves the Shabbos table and he went to the ox, says the Yamada. As he came to the ox, he told the ox, my dear ox, as long as you worked for me, you didn't work on Shabbos. Now you don't belong to me. You belong to a guy. You're allowed to work. No. As soon as the ox heard this, the ox got up and was ready to be harnessed. When the guy saw this, he says, what are you talking about? This ox understands Teda and acts in the way of Teda and I am a human being don't and he converted to Yiddishkeit he became a Yid and the Tana his name was Rebyechna ben Turta Tor Tov Vavresh is an axe he's mentioned in the Gemara <coughs> we see Bash an animal changes the life of a person. And a third very famous story is the story of Pinchas ben Yoyer. He too had a donkey 
Pichas Ben Yehoi is a very holy person. And the Imara tells us that one time his donkey was stolen. But a few days, short days later, the Ganavim came back with the donkey quickly, frantically. And he said, what's going on? Why did you bring back my donkey? What happened to you? And they said, he won't eat. He refused to eat. We gave him the best grains and he won't eat it. Ha <laughs> It's getting thinner and weaker. It's going to be worthless to us anyway and it's going to die. Why should it die and smell up our hiding place? We brought it back to you. Epincho said to the Ganavim, aren't you Jewish? And he said, yes, we are. Aha! You're Jewish? And they said, not only we're Jewish, we even once learned in your yeshiva. We were children. That explains it, says the Pinchas Ben Yair. You probably fed him grain that was not given maise from. Correct? You didn't take off a tent. You didn't tithe. They said, yes, but, 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 but we all know. I mean, we might be thieves, but we're not Amaratsan. You taught us that, a, that an animal is allowed to eat it. Yeah. That's true. My donkey's machmer. <laughs> He's a chamer that's machmer. And therefore he only eats things that had mice taken. So we see a lesson, a powerful lesson we learn from the animals. Not to be poo-pooed, as we say. Not to be shied away from. And then we see in the actual teva itself, the action that takes place in the teva. Leave the ark, you, your wife, your sons, and your sons' wives with you. Every living thing is with you. The flesh, the fowl, animals. All the creeping things that creep on earth, bring them out with you. For those that are concerned, wildlife, and you're concerned about the fish, they obviously survived. He didn't have a fish tank, he didn't have an aquarium in the, uh, in the ark. 
But according to one opinion, the water that rained was very, very hot water, which is what ultimately killed everybody as well. However, the water around the ark itself was cold. And there the fish existed. Yeah, that means the octopi and the uh, sharks and everybody was hanging around together. They were they were bonding. The prophet Yeshayo tells us in the time of Mashiach the wolf and the lamb will lay side by side. The leopard and the young goat will lay side by side. And a small child will lead them. Let's go visit Noah's Teva, Noah's Ark. Let us attempt to visualize what was going on inside this Ark. A very, very similar atmosphere prevailed. The most fierce and predatory animals were confined in these tiny quarters for the entire year. They were controlled, <coughs> maintained by Nayak. <coughs> Nayak and his family. Chassidus explains the peace within all the ark animals, occupants, etc. was brought about only by an extraordinary divine revelation that was felt within the ark. This revelation was comparable comparable in nature, the revelation of the Arab Mashiach. This remarkable feeling of God's presence literally overwhelmed the animals, changed their nature, causing even the most ferocious animals to become peaceful <laughs> and approachable. Rashi, therefore, takes the word Haitse bring out is written Haitse, but it's read Hayitse. Hayitse meaning tell them they should come out. Haitse means if they don't want to come out, you have to take them out. According to Rashi, when the land finally dried up and time came to leave the confines of the ark. God warned Neach, you may have to forcibly remove the animals. And you'd well imagine, I can tell you for myself, I was cooped up for a year in an ark like that, with the description the way it says it, the three levels, bottom being the garbage, etc. You wouldn't have to coerce or convince me whatsoever to get out of there. 
Open that door and I'm out. I can think of nothing more claustrophobic. And so to the animals who like to roam freely, you would think that they would just, as soon as the door would open, would fight their ways out. But the opposite came about. In spite of the cramped conditions, the animals felt the time of Mashiach, the era of Mashiach. <coughs> and I ask you, who wants to walk away from that? When you literally not only feel in the air, you taste in your mouth. Every part of your body experiences Mashiach's time. Let us move on to a less pleasant part of the parasha. Nayach Tzadik and his first action his first thing that he does as he comes out of the Teva I must apologize, my voice is in no condition for this today. But you have to go to the archives of the Shirim and listen to the annual Neach Shir where I tell the story of Neach's planting the vineyard. Sorry to impose on you, but it might be worth it. Thank you. Nayak plants a vineyard. Wine is made. According to the opinions, Nayak was inebriated. He fell into a deep slumber. As he lay there in his tent, Taylor tells us, "Vikach Shem Vyefes, Es Asim Lo Vayisim Al Shchem, Shneim Vayelch Acheranis, Vayichasu Es Ervas Aviem, Ufneim Acheranis Ervas Aviem Lero." Shem and Yefes took the garment, placed it on both of their shoulders, and walked backwards, and they covered their father, but their faces were turned backward. And they did not see their father in this condition. The Holy Baal Shem Tov has taught repeatedly a mum, a flaw that you see in someone else are a reflection of your own imperfections. Imperfections. you are led to see these shortcomings. You see them in someone else. (coughs) Because otherwise, the deficiencies within yourself would have gone unnoticed.
Maybe you're going to argue that you were made aware of your friend's weakness. You were made aware of your friend's shortcomings. So that you can assist him. Assist him in dealing with them. It might be true. It might be in the case. And that would be so if your friend's weakness would be of a practical nature. And you would see within his flaw within his flaw The reason you were shown this flaw is not that you could be critical, not that you could just go out there and educate the person. But rather that at the same time you should look and soul search within yourself the very same thing. So the Baal is telling us, it's not just what you could do for your friend, but what you need to do for yourself. Reb Marash would sit by Yechidus, private audiences, and people would come to him with all their problems, their issues, asking for ways to improve themselves. The Reb Marash would sweat profusely. And several times throughout the night of Yechidus, they would have to come and he'd have to change from head to toe his clothes. When he was asked what this is all about, the Rebbe said, when someone comes to me with a sin, with a problem, with an issue they did, they ask for me advice how to fix this, my first reaction is, why did I have to hear this? What is this message to me? What is this telling me? And how am I involved in this? There must be something here that's telling me. But in order to do so, I need to get into their situation. 
I need to put myself in their shoes, in their clothes, in their garments. And the only way I can do that, and as I keep doing that, going in and out of my clothing, going in and out of their, their lives, and trying to find myself in their life, obviously, it's very tiring, very exerting. Hence, I begin to sweat very badly. And so when a person sees a moon by somebody else, one needs to soul search how they need to help themselves first in this area. And this we see by Shem and Yephes. They protected their father's honor. Terah tells us Neach was lying there drunk, naked in his tent. But Shem and Yephes entered the tent walking backwards, <coughs> not to see the embarrassment, embarrassing state which their father was in. And they covered him. Terah tells us they walked him backwards. Obviously they could not see their father. Nevertheless, the verse continues, the Torah continues and says, and makes emphasis that Shem and Yephes did not see him. This is the teachers, not only they did not see their father naked, facing the other direction, they did not see his nakedness. All they saw was a situation that demanded assistance. They did not see a situation reflecting on themselves as well. And so they wish to help, and they wish to help. That as we come now to Mar Cheshven, we begin Mar Cheshven. As we said before, Mar is a lotion of bitter. They wish to Elu from Mar to Mosaic, from bitter to sweet. Excuse me, sweetness in a way, and the ultimate sweetness, and the serenity, as it was in the Teva, Boyala Teva, come to the words of Teva and Tvila, come to the Teva, which represented, which reflected on the era of Mashiach, the peacefulness and the tranquility, the calmness, the love and ultimately the prosperity, with the blessing of Mashiach Kenu, taking us out of Golas this very Shabbos, where we read the Pasha of Neach, and before we go to Mincha of Lech Lecha we will go from this land, to the land, the holy land of Eretz Yisrael, and no, I will not mention anything about the elections. Shabbat Shalom to all.